Say this with me. Today, I'm going to get something good from the word. I'm going to put it into practice and never be the same. Amen. You know what Jesus said concerning um, the difference between the house that stood and the house that fell? Do you know what the difference was? One was a doer. The other was just a note taker. Amen. I, I believe in taking notes, but, you know, one was just a note taker, a meeting goer, you know, CD player, DVD player. Of course, they, even that's kind of outdated now, but, but there's a difference, and the difference is being a doer of the word. Everyone say it with me. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the word of God. John 16, verse number 7. Jesus says, Nevertheless, I tell you that the truth. It is expedient for you, advantageous for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judge. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Lord, I ask that every ear be anointed to hear, every heart receptive, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Notice Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit here. He says that when he, how many know that the Holy Spirit is not an it? He's not a force. He's not a... a, a, a electricity we see many different emblems of the holy spirit that are, are typical of him but i tell you what when he gets a hold of you then it's going to feel like electricity and the bible talked about in acts chapter 2 tongues of fire that sat upon each of them and then the bible says they went rocking and reeling and, and preaching the gospel in the streets of jerusalem and so one of the things we have to realize is the Holy Spirit is still working today. That he has a ministry in the earth today. We must understand that he is a person and that today he has a vital role in what's going on in the world today. You know, even Jesus, a lot of people think, well, you know, Jesus is just at the right hand of the Father well, I don't know what they think he's doing, maybe eating potato chips or something. But the, the Bible says that there is a present-day ministry of Jesus Christ even today. <clears throat> and the Bible says that he ever lives to make intercession for us. <clears throat> and, and, you know, a lot of times we think well, that he's just kneeling and praying or something like that. But that actually is a, is a legal term. He's standing in the gap. All through the Bible we see that God's always looking for an intercessor. He's looking for one that will stand in the gap. 
That's why whenever God puts someone on your heart, be faithful to pray. Be faithful to, to stand in the gap. Because sometimes there may not be another person. <clears throat> and so just like Jesus has a ministry, the Holy Spirit has a ministry today. And he is, as we said, he is a person. You know, electricity can't have a purpose except, you know, just to provide something. But we know that the Holy Ghost, the Bible talks about that we can know the mind of the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit has a mind, just like any other person would. And he has a ministry. Now, you know, a lot of times when we use the word ministry, we need to realize that ministry means to serve. As a minister of the gospel, you are a servant. You, you're serving. I mean, as I'm standing here, yes, I'm teaching, but I'm serving up the word of God today. Amen. We want to serve it up real good. You let get you real good and full, make you victorious for the rest of the day, the rest of the week. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So this morning, I want to share for a few minutes on the ministry of the Holy Spirit to us today. You know, one thing that you find is a lot of people, they fit in the category of the Ephesian church in Acts chapter 19, where they say, we have not even heard whether there be a Holy Ghost. But how many know that the Holy Spirit, He's alive, He's well. And, and actually, when you see through the Bible, we see many times where God plans something. Je Jesus is involved, and then the Holy Spirit brings it to pass. And you, you see that in 1 Corinthians 12, when it talks about operations and gifts, administrations. We see all three of the Godhead. But there is a ministry of the Holy Spirit to us today. And first, first of all, there's a ministry to the unsaved. Now look, look back in our, our text. In verse 7, he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. It's better if I go away. Why? Because if I go away, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. Because, I mean, as good as it was to be with Jesus... When Jesus was there, he could only be in one place at one time. But through the person of the Holy Spirit, Jesus can be with us everywhere. Everywhere I go. You know, when you, when you get down to pray, um, he's with you. When I get down to pray, you know, he, he can answer your prayer, talk to this person, and he can give this person a good parking space across the world. Yep. Amen. He can do all that at one time. Why? Because he's God. He's the Holy Ghost. And so notice what he says. If I depart, though, I'm going to send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world. Now, that word also means convince. Convince the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So one of the things we have to realize is he convicts and convinces the sinner. I mean, I don't know about your experience, but I remember my experience. When I was, what was I, 19 at the time? And for the first time, and I had been to church many times, but this night was particular. It was different. The conviction of the Holy Ghost came into my life and into my body and in my I mean, just came on the on top of me. 
And I knew I had to respond. What was that him doing? It wasn't him condemning me. It wasn't him, you know, you, you filthy rags, you. Even though I was. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit, he was there to draw me. He was there to draw me. And so we have to realize that if we want to be like the master, then we have to be the same way. Yeah. You know, we were talking about the day, and I even heard John say the same thing. I've used the same illustration. You know, sometimes we can shoot people with Bible bullets. You know, and, and um, you know, sometimes people already know what the Bible says. But it, it, it's got to be the love of the word as well. It's got to be the love ministering the word to other people. Hallelujah. So for the unbeliever, the greatest sin is rejecting of Jesus Christ. Now, what, what I mean by that is the, the, the power of God comes on people and, and, and they, they sense the, 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 the wooing, the, the drawing of the Holy Ghost. And, and they, they just, no, I'm not going to receive him right now. Maybe another day. Well, how many know that one day is going to be too late? And so when people reject the Lord, then one day the only thing that's left for them is judgment. And so that's, that's what the Holy Spirit, he, he comes to just convince people, hey, you know, and what, you know what, Jesus, what the Holy Spirit does? He always lifts up Jesus. He always lifts up Jesus. So as we worship Jesus, what's going to happen? The Holy Spirit comes in. And, you know, you can worship the Holy Spirit as well because he's God. But he's not going to just say, you know, he's always going to lead you to the Son, to Jesus. But let me also say this. For the believer, because some people say, you know, they think rejecting. Well, I'm not rejecting Jesus, but for the believer, there are things that you do not want to persist in. You know, anytime that you know and see light, you don't want to reject light. And, and the Bible says, to him that knows to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. You never want to persist in anything that you know is wrong. You never want to, you always want to be quick to repent. Amen. I don't care how bad you've missed it. I don't care how bad, you know how bad I missed it, preacher. Well, let me tell you how good the blood is, how, how powerful the blood of Jesus is. But yet at the same time, we don't want to do despite unto the spirit of grace. The Bible talks about not frustrating the grace of God. You know, you can frustrate the grace of God. You can receive the grace of God in vain. So why am I saying that? There are things that are dangerous as a believer to our spiritual life. The wages of sin is death. And so if you, if you know that something is wrong... But you continue in that, what's going to happen? You're going down a slippery slope. I don't know about you, but I, want, I don't want to see how close I can get to the destruction and still be saved. I want to see how close I can be to the Lord and still live in this body. Amen. <laughs> Why? Because the Bible tells us about a man named Enoch. And Enoch, the Bible says he walked with God and he was not. Why? Because God took him. God just said, okay, Enoch, we're having such a good fellowship. You just come on and be with me. And... Um, I don't know about you, but that, that's the place I want to be. It's where one day we're just walking with the Lord, and then the, the trumpet sounds, and we go to be with the Lord. And the Bible said we shall ever be with him. So to the unbeliever, 
what does the Holy Spirit do today? He convicts. Now, how many know this? Now, this is kind of humorous, but I know a minister. Um, he used to work with Brother Kenneth Hagin years ago. And, and Brother Hagin told his wife, uh, Miss Phyllis, and said, Phyllis, you're not the Holy Ghost. And uh, he's, she's like, I know that. <laughs> but how many know we're not the Holy Ghost? We can only bring truth, but you can't convict someone. Who's ever tried to convict somebody? <laughs> you know, bless God, I'm going to bring conviction on them. They're going to respond. But you can't. You can only share the word, and it's the Holy Ghost. In fact, the more you try and the harder you try, the further you're getting away from God. If you have to force it, then it's not God. So the Holy Spirit's going to convict you. He's going to convince you. And that's what he did to me all those years ago. And, and the power of God, I was like, my heart was just beating so fast in my chest. And I thought, oh, you know, and someone came up and actually said, Will, have you ever received Jesus? I said, no. You want to go up front? Yeah. And it took, it took that little extra for me to go. And uh, I got up there and it was just like, that's, that's what I was looking for. That's what my heart was crying for, was to know him. But there is a ministry also to the believer. And that's what I want to focus on this morning. There's a ministry to the believer. But you have to become aware of him. You know, you have to begin to acknowledge that the Holy Spirit's there. Becoming aware of him. Let me ask you today, what is the Holy Ghost doing? What is the Holy Spirit doing for you today? Is he just a spiritual hitchhiker? Is he just thumbing a ride through life? And you get to the end of life and say, oh, Holy Spirit, uh, I'm going to heaven now. And... Um, and then he just stays on the earth. You know, because I, I, this is a, a, a side issue and a side point, but I heard someone say one time that the Holy Spirit, he's just going to call, that, that the Father's just going to call the Holy Spirit home and he's going to bring all of us with him. You know, that's not exactly true. Because the Holy Spirit's not going to leave the earth when we go to heaven. Why? Because people are still going to be saved during, during the, the tribulation period. I guess he, if he's omnipresent, he'll be in heaven as well. So, but thank God the Holy Ghost is with us. But you had to begin to acknowledge him. So what is he doing for you today? Look back at um, John chapter 16, verse 7. He says this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter. Now, who's he talking about? The Holy Spirit. The, the Holy Spirit will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. Now, I want to read this from the Amplified Classic Bible. Verse 7 says, However, I am telling you nothing but the truth when I say it is profitable. Good, expedient, advantageous for you that I go away. But if I go not away, the comforter. Now, I love the, the way that the Amplified just amplifies this even more. He says, counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby, will not come to you into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to you. 
to be in close fellowship with you. Do you know what the greatest call of God on your life is? Fellowship. It's not just to go to church. It's not to be religious, but it's to have fellowship. To have communion with the Holy Ghost. In fact, the Bible tells us, let me see if I can find this real quick. Lord, help me here. I think it's 2 Corinthians. Praise the Lord. It is. <laughs> the last verse, 2 Corinthians 13, 14. It says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. So communion. We should have communion with the, with the Lord on a consistent basis. Now, I'm not saying that you're always praying but you always have that attitude of prayer you always have that well you know I just Lord you know my prayer time is at 630 and if you want to say something you say something then he might need to say something to you at 6 o'clock <laughs> how many know if, if, if the Lord wants to say something to you then you should be open all the time Lord just speak to me I'm open so notice what he says here He begins by saying comforter, counselor. So there is a work on the inside that the Holy Ghost wants to do. Now we say that it's the same word, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. Some people don't like the word ghost. So Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is there on the inside of us to do a work. And see, that's one of the things we, we, we have to have in our life. We have to have the, the Lord... Lord, do a work on the inside of me. Don't let me be the same. Let me be unrecognizable. I don't care if people, if my friends and family don't recognize me when you're done with me. I mean, who's, who's ever heard people pray? You know, Lord, help, Lord, help my spouse. Teach them, you know, they need to see this, this, that, and other. When the Lord's saying, you, my friend. <laughs> Amen. How, how many know it's not good to just pray Lord, do this for this person when the Lord's saying, you're the one in need of prayer. But what we have to do is allow the Holy Spirit to have his way in our life. Through the word of God and through, through him, him moving and through his presence. Why do we start the, the service with praise and worship? Why do we not start with 30 minutes of barbecue? Why do we, we not start with, because you're not the most important one I'm going to see today. The Bible says that, that we come into his presence with singing. Amen. Thank God for fellowship. We, we, we don't minimize fellowship. But Jesus is the one that we came to lift up today. If I be lifted up, Jesus said, I will draw all men unto myself. So we came to lift him up. Praise God. Lift him up. Right about the time I got saved, Ron Canoli had an album called Lift Him Up. Amen. That's what we do. We came to lift him up. Everyone do this. Just lift him up. Amen. <laughs> so the Bible tells us that we are also co-laborers with him together. So it's not just me doing something for the Lord today. Well, you know, I'm going to go do something for the Lord. He wants to work with you. So in life, I have to learn to acknowledge him 
and lean upon him, but also learn who the Bible tells us he is. So I want to give you from the Amplified here the sevenfold work of the Holy Spirit to us today. The sevenfold work of the Holy Spirit to us today. Number one, comforter. The Holy Spirit comforts us. You know, the Bible tells us in Thessalonians that we are not like those without hope. And you know, when, when someone passes away, yes, we miss them, and yes, we cry. But the Bible says we're not like the, the ones that have no hope. Why? Because we know those that are born again, all they did is just move locations. You know, if you had a friend that moved to Fargo, you know, you wouldn't be sad. Well, you know, I'm just so sad they, they moved and, and they, it's like they left the earth and, you know, they never exist anymore. No, they just moved locations and you could actually go visit them. How many know that means you could see them one day? When someone goes to be with the Lord, you didn't lose them. You know, a lot of people say that with death. They say, well, you know, we lost them. They're not lost. If they're born again, they're not lost. And they're with the Lord. And, and the Bible says that one day we're going to see them again. Amen. Your friends, your family, your relatives, those that are born again, they're just on the other side. In fact, they're not in your past. They're in your future. Amen. And that's why the Bible says comfort one another with these words. You know, sometimes people think, well, you know, you, you should be spiritual so you shouldn't cry. That's not unspiritual. That's unnatural. It's okay to cry. It's okay to shed a tear. But I know that, that, you know what? You know, a lot of the tears that we shed on earth anyway are selfish. Well, you know, what, what am I going to do without them? What am I, well, just rejoice with them. Amen. That's why a, a, a true celebration, we call them celebration of life. Amen. We're celebrating what they did. And, you know, when their body is there in the casket, guess what? That's not them. That's just the house they lived in. How many know that when you move out of house, you're not sad? You're not, you know, I'm so sad that my friend moved out of their house. Well, you know, they moved to a better house, clothed upon with heaven. Amen. I think a lot of people just need, need some mind renewal where death is, is concerned. Because the Bible tells us that, talks about fear. People are all their life subject to, to bondage because of fear. And what is that fear? Fear of dying. Man, I'm not going to that roller coaster. Why? Because it might fall off the track and I'm going to die. I'm not going up in that, in that tight place. Why? Because you might get constricted and what? You might die. Well, you know, I'm not going to go in that wide open place. Why? Because a buffalo might come and run over me. It's all based upon fear. But God's not given us the spirit of fear. But a power, love, and a sound mind. Now, the book of Acts chapter 9. Everyone okay this morning? Say this. He's my comforter. Acts 9 verse 31 says, Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria, and they were edified. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost, they were multiplied. You know, when people come to church and they get built up and they get comforted, you know what's going to happen? You're going to grow. Churches are going to grow. So he's our comforter. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 4 says this. 
who comforts us. Now look in verse 3. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So when God brings us out of a situation, what's, what's that do? It allows us to help other people. Amen. I don't know about you, but I've been in, in trouble. I, I feel like Paul sometimes, like Paul said. He said, Paul, you got any trouble? We are troubled on every side. <laughs> Paul, you got trouble. I got trouble in the north, in the south, the west, the east, the, the northwest, and the southeast. Trouble, he said, I've seen it. But I'm not in despair. We're perplexed. But you know, he, he said, we're not, we're not um, without hope. God's, God's still with me. God hasn't left me. So that same kind of comfort we have from the Holy Ghost comforts other people. Isaiah 51 verse 12 says, I, even I, am he that comforts you. Who art thou that thou shouldst be afraid of a man that shall die? And the son of man which shall be made as grass. I mean, no, we shouldn't be afraid of man. We shouldn't have the fear of man. The fear of man brings a snare, the Bible says. <laughs> I mean, no, we just shouldn't be afraid of anything. Well, you know, sometimes we're afraid. We don't have to be. Now, I know some people don't like this kind of preaching because it puts responsibility on ourselves. But, you know, we're not here to just tickle your ears today. Amen. So he says here in John 14, 18, I will not leave you comfortless. Now, one translation says this, I will not leave you orphans. I will, I will come to you. So what does that mean? His presence is with us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. Now, I remember when I was, before I gave my life to the Lord, I was a mess. I mean, who... who Whose life was a mess before you got saved? And so I remember, though, I used to make my friends so mad because, I, you know, I'm just a loner. I'm just a loner. And they get tired of hearing that. Well, I would, too, if I was in my right mind. <clears throat> and so, but anyway, I just remember, though, I said that one too many times. And a friend of my mom, she said, well, just remember this. Every time you, you feel like that, just remember Jesus is sitting right there with you. I was like, wow. And it's always stuck with me. And the Bible says that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. So number two, the Bible tells us he's our counselor. Everyone say counselor. So he gives us counsel. Do you, know, do you have a situation where you don't know what to do? What do we do? We look to him. We begin to acknowledge him. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll forget about you. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he what? He's going to direct your path. Praise God. You know, even this week, when you don't know what to do, say, say, Lord, I don't know what to do in this situation, but I'm acknowledging you that you're my comforter. You're, you're the one that leads me and guides me. Show me what to do in this situation. And then you expect it. You expect it. What does that mean? I'm looking for it. Knock, and it shall be open. Seek, and you shall find. What am I doing? I'm looking for it. I, I asked for direction, now I'm looking for it. It's not just going to follow me, I'm looking for it. 
the Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 9 that he's, in fact, let me just turn over there real quickly. I was going to quote part of it, but we should look at Isaiah chapter 9. For unto us, verse 6, a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. You know, when you, when you have counsel in your life, then you're going to have peace in your life. You know, one of the worst things in life is not knowing what to do. How I many you know that, can, that, that is something that's uh, part of this life? But the Bible tells us, see, as a believer, we have, and uh, I won't say unfair, but to the world it is, but we have an advantage. We have the mighty Holy Ghost, the third person of the Trinity, the one who, when, when the, the Spirit of God in the beginning, when he, he brooded across the waters, when God said, light be, who, who accomplished that? The mighty Holy Spirit. And that same Holy Spirit, He's on the inside of me. He's on the inside of you. Can you say amen? Romans 8.14 says, I mean Proverbs 8.14, Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. So the Lord says, Counsel is mine. Isaiah 11, 2. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding. The Spirit of counsel and might. And the Spirit of knowledge. And of the fear of the Lord. You know, that's one thing that I'll say over myself. Not like I should. In fact, it's been a while. But Lord, I thank you that you make me quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. You give me counsel. You give me strength. You give me might. Amen. I mean, you know what the biggest problem a lot of times is, is what's right under people's nose, their mouth. Amen. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I think I woke a couple people up just then. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So if you want, you want life, he says that those that love it will eat the fruit thereof. <clears throat> so he makes us a quick understanding. He gives us counsel. But I, what I have to do, I still have to look to him and not ignore him and actually ask him. You know, the Bible tells us many times about David. David was a, the great psalmist and, and great man of God. The Bible says, and he was a warrior too. And the Bible says at one point he would, he would inquire of the Lord. Lord, shall I pursue after this one? I mean, remember in the book of, uh, was that 1 Samuel 30, um, Ziglag had been burned. All the, um, the women and, and children had been taken, but they were not killed. And David, it said that he cried. They cried till they couldn't cry anymore. And they end up going and, and going after the people. He says, Lord, in fact, David, it said, they wanted to stone him. You're the problem here. 
But, but David, it said he encouraged himself in the Lord. Now, I don't know what he did, but, you know, he just, he just had a good little time in the Lord and just had to stir himself up. What do you do? I mean, I don't know what he did if he played the, played the harp at the same time. I mean, maybe he was just playing it, you know, and just like that and dancing before the Lord. The Bible talks about how he danced before the Lord with all his might. And so what he did, though, is he encouraged himself in the Lord. Then he said, Lord, shall I go? You'll never be able to go and conquer the enemy until you've encouraged yourself in the Lord. You can't go out and encourage to try to take the enemy when you're feeling depressed. Amen. That's why he said, bring me the, the ephod <laughs> and, and, and bring this and bring this. You remember time after time they would say, bring me a minstrel. That was the musician. Why? Because he, he the hand of the Lord would come upon him when he prophesied and when the, when the music. Amen. With the right music, with the right sounds in your life, the Spirit of God will just come in. I mean, that's why you even see in the, in the Old Covenant, you could not be a priest if you were depressed. Why? Because whatever you are is going to get off on the people. That's why I'm going to be a shouting and a blessing the Lord. Can you say amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. But the Holy Spirit is our comforter. He's our counselor. Number three, he's our helper. Now, who, who needs help in here today? <clears throat> How about the rest of you? So he helps, he's our helper. Understand this about the Holy Spirit. He helps us to do what God has called us to do. How many know that he's the great helper, not the great do it for you? You know, if, if I said, you know, if I, if I said, hey, um, Will, Vaughn, I need your help. Um, let's move this um, piece of furniture over here. And um, come help me. And I just go over here and sit down. Then if they're really helping me, what should they do? They should just go sit down next to me because I'm not doing anything. They're just going to help me, you know, do nothing over here sitting down. I should have said, hey, why don't you fellas go over there and move that for me. And I'm going to go sit over here and drink some uh, lemonade. But the same thing happens, we want the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, do this for me. Help me with this. What we're really saying sometimes is, Holy Ghost, do that for me. But he's going to help you. You know, it can, it can be a simple thing like quitting something, a habit or something. If, as you purpose in your mind and you say, Holy Spirit, help me, he will help you. He'll help you quit. He'll help you get the victory in life. But he helps us in every area of our life. You know, in fact, if, if we were to study all of seven of these, and we're going to hit these, but if I summed up one of these, I would sum it up as helper. Because when he's comforting me, he's helping me. When he gives me counsel, he's helping me. When he's helping me, of course, he's helping me. <laughs> but realize this, the Holy Spirit, he, he helps people more than he does other people. But it's not because he plays favorites. But because some people actually look to him more. You know God doesn't play favorites. The Bible says that he is no respecter of persons. But we know he's a respecter of faith. 
If you, if you have faith, if you call upon the Lord, let, let me just tell you, one thing about the nature of God, if, if, you, just, if you throw your hands up, if you just quit and you, you sit in the floor, he, He'll let you do it. He'll let you perish, he'll let you, and He'll let you go down. But I'm telling you, if you'll look up, if you'll begin to, to lift up your head, if you'll begin to say, Holy Ghost, help me with this. I don't know what to do. I, you know, I don't have the foggiest clue what to do. But, but I need your help right now. I'm telling you, grace will come to you today. Grace will come into your spirit. will help you. will undergird you. And will show you what to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Because he's my helper today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So I have to begin to acknowledge him. Now look over in Romans 8 real quickly. The thing I love about the Lord is, and the things of God and the word of God is it can be applied to your life right now. If it's not, then it's not worth fooling with. Romans 8 verse 26 says this. But how many know all of the Word of God is good? All of the Word is pertinent to our life. Romans 8, 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself, or a better translation would be Himself. That same word is translated elsewhere as Himself, so we know the Holy Spirit is a person. He makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. But notice right here what he says. The Holy Spirit helps our infirmities. Now, I'm not going to go into teaching about this part, but what's the infirmities he's talking about? He's not talking about sicknesses. He's talking about infirmities being weakness. What's the weakness we have that we don't know what to pray for as we ought? doesn't say we don't know how to pray, but we don't know what to pray for as we ought. That's why we many times just have to pray in the Spirit and trust Him to give us the answer. <clears throat> so he says, the Spirit helpeth our infirmities. But it's very interesting when you study this out. This Greek word helpeth is actually three different words. And it means this. To take hold together. Another word is this, with. And the third word is against. So the Holy Spirit is going to take hold together with you against your infirmities. He's going to take hold together with. And so that's why it's important many times when you're praying. Have you ever just felt like a burden to pray about something? Well, you need to hook up with that and pray and pray, pray it through. What do you mean? Till you have a note of victory. Till you feel like a, a, a joy in your spirit. But, you know, you can pray about some things just because you're praying about it, but the Lord's not hooking up with you. I'm reminded of a time when a minister said that there was this um, student in a Bible school that had had an accident. Actually, um, he stood in the ministry of the prophet. And earlier in that year, he saw this young man out in the congregation. He said, young man, he said, come see me, um, make an appointment. And that's, he just kept preaching. Well, he never did. 
And in the, what happened is he saw like a black cloud over this young man's head. Other times he said he's seen like a mask over their face. It was a spirit of death. So he knew, come see me. He never did. Several months later in the school year, someone asked him, said, did you go see Brother Hagin yet? No, and I'm not going to either. The next day he, he had something happen and he fell into a coma. And um, so they're praying about it. And um, they're praying with the whole student, you know, from 7 to 8 every night. They prayed the first night, the second night. Finally, Brother Hagin says this. He says, Holy Spirit, because the, he's, he's God and we commune with him. He's taking hold together with, against the infirmity. But he said, Holy Spirit, you're not taking hold with me on this. He could just sense that he wasn't getting anywhere. He said, and the Holy Spirit said, yes, and I'm not going to either. He's going to die. Well, you can't just get up and say that. People wouldn't understand what's going on. But later on in teaching, he began to teach that. And there were some certain things that that, that young man needed to do and make right in his life. So then people go and blame God and say, well, you know, look at there. They believe in healing and they died at 40 or 43 or whatever. But there are certain things that you have to do yes. <laughs> to, to get yourself in a position to receive. Yes. And that's, that's what people don't understand. And so he began teaching that later and, and said that there were some things that he had to make right in his own life. But, but he did recognize the fact that, Holy Ghost, you're not, you're not hooking up with me. I think we need to know when he's hooking up with us and when he's not. When you pray about something. Amen. But thank God he's our helper. And I appreciate the Holy Spirit in my prayer life as much as anything. And depending upon him. <clears throat> Isaiah 41.10 says, I will help you. Hebrews 4.16 says that we should come boldly to the throne of grace to find grace to help in our time of need. Hallelujah. So number four. He's our advocate. What does that mean? He's the one who pleads our case. He'll help you plead your case as well. There might be something you need to pray about. You plead your case. Lord, um, so-and-so, they're, they're not old enough to die yet, and I ask that you spare their life. You know, you can talk to God like that. Well, you, we just never know what the Lord's going to do. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm not depending on that kind of prayer. I'm depending on prayers that are in the Bible. So he's our advocate. Number five, he's our intercessor. He's our intercessor. Back in Romans 8, 26, where it says, For we know not what we should pray for as well, but the Spirit himself, he makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So he makes intercession for us. What does that mean? That means he gives me utterance, but I have to pray. For I have to pray it out. Do you know, even when you pray in the Spirit, you're trusting the Holy Spirit to give you the words. Now, it's something that's familiar with you, just like you're praying in English, but you're still an element of faith. But how many know the Holy Spirit doesn't do our praying for us? One, one lady came to, a, to, the, 
the pastor said, you know what? Ever since I found out that the Holy Spirit does my praying for me, I don't really do much any myself. <laughs> How do you know that's not what that verse is talking about? The Holy Spirit doesn't do my praying for me. He's there to help me to pray. He's there to give me the words to say, and then I begin to speak those words. I begin to, to vocalize it. That's why many times I'll pray and say, Lord, give me the, the words. Give me, I'll exhaust my vocabulary in English. And then say, Holy Spirit, give me the words. Give me utterance in the Holy Ghost. And then I just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. And the, and the words come. Amen. And you just pray it out until you, you, you get the answer. Can you say amen? Number six, he's our strengthener. <laughs> he strengthens us. The Bible says he quickens us. He makes us full of life. Are you depending on the Holy Ghost to do that? Holy Spirit, quicken me today. Make me full of life. Romans 8 verse 11 says this. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall do what? He shall quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwells within you. So you can, you can claim that. You can, you can ask the Holy Spirit to quicken me. Quicken me. Make me full of life. What does that mean? Maybe you're tired. Maybe you, you, you have something you need to do in, in ministry-wise or even you own your job. Holy Ghost, just quicken me to do this. You know, it's not according to your natural ability. It's just like Samson. How many remember Samson? He didn't do what he did because he looked like Charles Atlas, you know, he, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He did what he did because of the Holy Ghost. Now, just picture this. Here are his enemies. Now, here, Samson, the, the problem was is he was trying to fight the, the Philistines, but he was also sleeping with the Philistines too. So that was the big problem with him. <laughs> I mean, you can't sleep with the enemy and try to conquer the enemy. And so, but here, here this man of God, he's there and they say, Samson, Samson, they're, they're after you right now. Here the man of God gets up gets the city gates. Now, these gates were not like little iron gate you have in your front of your house. I mean, they would lock whole armies out. These gates would. And they went down into the ground. Now, you're talking about a, a huge structure. Samson grabs one with one arm, one with the other. Goes up, takes them up, walks up a hill. And, I'm sure, and those people that were lying in wait, I'm sure they said, let's just leave him alone. Just go. <laughs> but he didn't do that because of any natural ability. He did that because of the Holy Spirit. Those that know their God shall do ex be strong and do exploits. So we need the quickening power of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. And then number seven, he says that he's our standby. He's our standby. What does that mean? He's standing by whatever you need. Who's ever been on an airplane standby? You're just waiting to see if you can get on that, that flight, right? The, the Holy Ghost is there standing by. 
It's like I heard a minister say, he, he likened it like this. He said he used to have this two-barrel carburetor car, and he was pulling this travel trailer. He said he would be okay in the plains, but he'd get in the Rocky Mountains. He said that thing would just slow down, he says, five miles an hour. You just have to stop, start over again, pull over to the side. He said, well, I traded that thing in and got a, a four-barrel carburetor. He said, everything was the same on the planes. He said, but when I got in those Rockies, he said, I stepped on the accelerator. He said, I got two extra barrels standing by, waiting to kick in. Well, see, you know, the Holy Spirit is not just there when things are good. He's there when things are bad. So, you know, when things get bad, don't, don't, don't worry. You know, people sometimes say this. They'll say, you know what? Looks like we're going to have to have a miracle. And then people say, is it come to that? I mean, no, God, he, he, he dwells in the realm of miracles. Yeah. You know, I don't look down and like, oh, man, I got to have a miracle. I got to have that. Well, praise the Lord. He excels in miracles. So he's just waiting on standby. You know, I think the Holy Spirit... It's just like the angels. The angels are looking and thinking, when are they going to actually believe the word? When are they going to do that so I can do something? Because yeah. the Bible says that angels hearken unto the voice of his word. I tell you what, bless the Lord, I'm going to keep my angels so busy the rest of my life. <laughs> he, my angels are going to be so busy, he's going to have to recruit the angels of the ones that, that aren't um, working. Say, hey, you boys come over here and help, help Will out over here because he's doing this and that. Amen. Why? Because the Bible says he hearkens unto the voice. The angels hearken unto the voice of his word. So as you put the word first place, you're giving him something to do. So realize this today that you're not alone. I don't care how you feel, what it seems like, you're never alone. The Holy Spirit's with you. He's there to guide you. He's there to protect you. He's there to lead you and to guide you. When you don't know what to do, when you're about to make a mistake and he gives you a check. That, that, that's been many a times where we've been in a place where you're about to take a wrong step and you get a check. And, and sometimes, just like my wife says, sometimes you learn by the mistakes you make. When you realize, you know what, I had a, a check about that and I shouldn't have done that. Who's ever learned that way too? That's called the school of hard knocks. Amen. It's better to learn the first time, right? But sometimes that's the way you learn. But just begin to look to the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. Begin to acknowledge Him. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you so much today for the mighty Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit that you came to live on the inside, to abide. Thank you that, that you said you would never leave us nor forsake us. And we thank you that you have a ministry on the earth today. We thank you, Lord, that the ministry to us is comforter, counselor, helper. Thank you for helping us today. And we acknowledge you in all our ways. You said you would direct our path. And we thank you for it.
the mighty name of